Welcome to Best Song Ever. My name is Luke LeBen, and alongside me, oh, it's just an empty chair. <laughs> Did Clint Eastwood get in here or something? <laughs> Leave this around? What's... Oh, right. I forgot. My dear, dear cousin, uh, Brian LeBen, is not joining me today, uh, Brian and I both have some big changes and things going on in our personal life, so we've been off for a little bit, and uh, so Brian's not going to be here with me for this episode, but uh, there's been so much music coming out this summer, so much amazing stuff. August in particular has been an amazing month for music, and so I just wanted to do an episode to sort of catch everyone up on some of the great music that I've been listening to over the past month or so. So besties, you're stuck with me, but I think you're going to be better off for it. You know what we're going to do? We're going to ditch the no host and switch to the co-host, and that's me. And we're going to lose the older cousin and use the bolder cousin, again me. Um, And we're going to abandon the dorkazoid and listen to more Pink Floyd. I don't actually have any Pink Floyd to play on this episode. I'm sorry. I wish wish we could just listen to High Hopes for eight minutes. Um, that would be my dream, but I did not get the rights, but I'm going to play a bunch of other great music that's not Pink Floyd, and we're going to have a great time. It doesn't matter that I'm doing this by myself. It does feel a little weird, and especially my wife went into the office, so I've been in my apartment alone for hours, which has me and my two cats, so I feel like just talking to a non-existent person in my computer seems like a natural next step so here we go let's get into the songs you know folks at the end of every episode of this show i remind listeners to check their perspective which is short for perspective just reevaluating the way you see things and maybe see things from a different perspective and uh, that's something i've definitely done this year in a lot of ways definitely with a lot of music and uh, maybe artists who I hadn't really paid attention to before. I gave their new music a shot with open ears, and now I'm totally on board. And one of these artists was the Beths. Uh, Brian played them previously in 2018 with their album Future Me Hates Me. And I really dug their sound, but then the album came out, and I just totally overlooked it and forgot about them. And uh, I feel like maybe I had written them off in my mind. It's like, yeah, that's not really a band I listened to. But then I saw this new album and I was like, hey, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Listen to it. And now it's one of my most listened to albums of 2020. It's really incredible. I love every song on it. It's fun. It's full of energy, but also stirring and really powerful and beautiful. And it takes that poppy rock sound that they established on that first album and just elevates it and refines it. And after their first album was released and gained a lot of acclaim, they uh, were able to quit their job, say goodbye to their hometown, say goodbye to their hometown, and they began performing and touring. And and during that time, Elizabeth Stokes, who's the lead singer and songwriter, uh, she wrote this album, and she said. If you're at a certain age, all your friends are scattered to the four winds. We did the same thing. When you're home, you miss everybody. And when you're away, you miss everybody. We're just missing people all the time. She says she would say to herself, wish you were here, wish I was there, over and over again. And something I think is really awesome about this band is is they really took care of each other on the road. And they encouraged each other to communicate when things got hard and pay forward acts of kindness and 
And I feel like that's really important to uh, to have people like that who uh, take care of you, especially when you're doing something like performing in the public eye can be a very grueling thing. Touring around and having eyes on you can take a toll on people's mental health. So I think that's amazing that this band is really committed to taking care of each other and not overlooking things like that. And this definitely comes through on the album. You can tell that this is a group of people who work well together and they're on the same page and they all bring something amazing to the table. We're going to listen to the song Dying to Believe. And this is one of those high energy rock jams. It also showcases Stokes's incredible writing and the growth of the band since their last album. So let's get into it because I'm dying to play Dying to Believe by the Beths. Here we go. Such a fragile thing to try to support the weight of It's not that I don't think that my point of view is valid It's just that I can't stand the sound of my own patterns They always look backwards from the way that I Oh, 
baby, the Beths, more like the best, because they are. That song is amazing. I love just those big guitars when that little uh, riff in the beginning and then it just kicks in and goes huge and full energy from there. And uh, Elizabeth singing with the guys doing the backing vocals. I just love so much. And the song's so great and catching and just driving. And then it gets to that bridge where there's like the subway operator speaking or something it really interesting and this that's sort of the moment where i was like oh this is kind of new territory from what i remember um and the i love the trying with the the vocals echoing trying and it just the subtle detail of when they're saying the temp rising how they go up i love how it's like moving up the fretboard musically and as well as lyrically and in the content of the song the temp is rising as she's getting angrier and angrier with this person and saying, I'm dying to believe you won't be the death of me. And speaking of the lyrics there, that's what I, uh, maybe I related to the song because I've had some, uh, (laughs) arguments like this recently, um, with people in my life. And, uh, it, I love the, uh, part. She said, it always looks backwards from the way that I imagined because I was recently saying, something like that how anytime you picture something in life it's or people tell you about something and then you sort of shape your your fantasy of what that's going to be it never turns out that way and most things in life don't turn out the way you imagine but especially in this sense i think where she's talking about having this argument with someone you know how you like plan things ahead like oh i'm gonna say this i'm gonna present these facts to them and then they're going to see this point that I'm trying to make and then by the end they'll totally be on my side and then you go and talk to them and the whole thing falls apart and before you know it it's like wait this isn't what I was coming here to do so I I love that she's uh, sort of capturing that and I feel like this album really uh just she she approaches these human relationships in such an interesting way thinking about it through that lens as she's saying like missing the people wishing you could be there but even when you're there wishing you for something else the song that comes after this one on the album i think may be my favorite there's a lot of top contenders but jump rope gazers which is the title track comes after and that's more of a sort of like twinkly beautiful slower uh, more measured pace to that song So that's on one end of the spectrum. You got this one and everything in between. They just really vary the feel and the interesting production elements that they bring to each song. So that was The Beths with Dying to Believe from Jump Rope Gazers. And that is out now on Car Park Records. Please go listen to it. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. My next song comes from an artist named Phil Augusta Jackson. And you might think, hey, that that, that name sounds familiar to me. I feel like I may have seen it in the credits of a TV show. And if you're saying that, then you might be right. Because this dude, he's a writer and co-executive producer on HBO's Insecure, Issa Rae show, awesome show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Key and Peele. And, you know, I get a lot of music emails coming through my inbox. But when I see Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Key and Peele, I'm like, wait, what now? And so I clicked immediately when I saw this. And... I'll listen to the two songs that he's put out and they're very different from each other, but both really great. Get It is a bouncier, more upbeat uh, sort of party song and it really shows off his skills, but I was more drawn 
to the song alone, maybe because it's a little more melancholy. You know me. Love that stuff. I listen to the song, and I think he's he's playing with different styles and genres and blending them in interesting ways. And this song really tugs at the old heartstrings, but it's also just ridiculously catchy and has been stuck in my head for weeks now. And I'm like, I need to share this. I need to play this on the podcast because I, I need to pass it on, get it in some other people's heads and out of my head. And this song's title is what I currently am on this podcast episode uh, in this apartment of mine and how we will all most likely die alone. So let's get into it. Here's Phil Augusta Jackson with Alone. Despite that we write back in it and then we back out like a blackout. 
Ah, love that song so much. Beautiful, great beat. The first thing that I thought was really interesting is how he was sort of playing with that trap trope of echoing the things that were said in the line before, doing this little ad-libs at the end. He implemented that in a really successful way, and I feel like it's a really unique sound that I don't hear a lot. And then uh, just the production of the song throughout is fantastic. This song's from the Redondo Tape, which is a six-song EP that Phil is coming out today. And he worked with producer he worked with producer Nick Lee, and I think they just did a fantastic job with the uh, instrumentation on that song, how it builds in. And that chorus, the lyrics, and the way he sings it just gets me every time because he's saying, I guess I'll just drive alone. Um, and so there's sort of an acceptance when he says, I guess I'm all right alone, sort of being like, you know, maybe this works for me. Um, but then there's still that longing for this other person and saying, do you remember when you used to ride along with me? So I, I love when songs, because, you know, we got major keys and minor keys and I'll be like, oh, that's a sad song and that's a happy song and put things into boxes and be like, oh, what, what one emotion are you trying to get across with this song? But I love when you have a sort of bittersweet mix of emotions like he captures in that song and uh, that little uh, squeaky like synth sound that comes in. There's a I feel like really adds to that because the melody otherwise is like really pretty and satisfying. And I feel like that just adds that touch of like unsettlingness um, and just beautifully captures this sentiment that he's trying to get across. And then, Every part of the song just brings something new and cool, and I love what he goes falsetto with that choir of voices with his lower like speaking voice, and then that just rapping riff at the end there as the music fades out, and the song kind of ends up back where he was in the first place. So that was Phil Augusta Jackson with The Loan from the Redondo Tape, and that is out on this very day on DSO A5 Certified Records. The next song we're going to listen to comes from a Boston singer-songwriter by the name of Anjamil. This is actually a Brian contribution. Brian gave me this song, and I have not heard it. I've been holding off from hearing it because I sort of wanted to give a genuine reaction as I recorded the podcast. But the more that I read about this album, the more... I really want to listen to this song, so I'm glad that I'm finally going to get to listen to it. They wrote this album while in treatment for drug and alcohol abuse, as well as in the process of living more fully as a non-binary trans person. And it's an album about losses of lost friends, family members, and says lost selves, which uh, the song we're going to listen to is called Maker, and this is one that deals with one of those lost selves. And... The press release compares it to Sufjan Stevens, so I'm like, I'm thinking it's going to be folky. I've seen a picture with Anjamil holding a classical guitar, and so I'm very excited to hear what this song sounds like. So I'm just going to get into it. This is Anjamil with Maker. Let's experience it together. I live in my own I live in my paper The absence becomes me A red 
Miss Inspector Oh, oh, why don't you do as you're told? Oh, oh, happiness isn't your goal I'm not just a boy, I'm a man just a man, I'm a god. I'm not just a god, I'm a maker. No country for crazy. have to say is wow i have not heard anything quite like that to answer your question Angemi. um that that song was incredible i uh when it started as the more stripped down folk thing i'm like okay cool this is what i was expecting and then when it goes on to build from there and so many amazing sounds and different shifts uh just beautiful I thought maybe the Sufjan comparison would end at the picking guitar, but that orchestration is amazing and gives Sufjan a run for his money. Found the lyrics interesting, almost like seemed like talking about their artistic uh, ability and saying like I live in my paper and sort of disappearing into the work from this point of view of this artist. And I like how it almost goes from like self-deprecating to self-aggrandizing in a way because it's saying my makings belong in the trash bin but then me that sort of confidence of have you ever seen anything like this saying like why can't you just do what you're told and seems like they want to create they want to make and not do what they're being told and almost like if you go by the from man to god to maker It's like rock, paper, scissors. Maker 
is more powerful than God. So really interesting lyrics, really amazing production. Just overall, I am blown away by this song. I just heard it and I need to listen like 5 million more times when I'm done making this episode. So that was Anjamil with Maker from Giver Taker out September 18th on Father Daughter Records. Moving right along, our next song comes from an innovator, an experimenter, a musical icon. I'm talking, of course, of Yonzi, frontman of the amazing band Siguros, one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, by far the most indescribable live performances I've seen were the two shows I've been to from Siguros. They create a one-of-a-kind performance experience, and Yonzi... <laughs> I feel like I've been in a weird time warp lately. I've been leaving my apartment more than I did originally in the beginning of quarantine, but somehow the days and months and weeks and years are flying by and I keep having like a weird thing where I'm like, Oh yeah, that just happened. That must've been last year or a year. And it's like, no, it was in 2016 or 2017. And I'm like, wait, how was that three years ago? And, you know, I think that's a normal thing in growing older and, uh, going through life, especially when there's a pandemic going on. Um, but I'm like, Yonzi's uh, last solo album wasn't that long ago. And I look it up, 10 years ago. It was in 2010. And it feels like yesterday to me. So I feel old, folks. Um, speaking of feeling old, you, you guys see that tweet from Macaulay Culkin? He said, you want to feel old? I'm 40. <laughs> and I do feel old now for... Uh, couple reasons but anyway Yonzi's new album Shiver is fantastic and again Yonzi delivers just a one-of-a-kind sound it's really incredible and this song we're about to hear is called Swill this song features the Swedish pop sensation Robin amazing who doesn't love Robin anytime she's involved in a song it's gonna be a banger and this was produced by A.G. Cook who uh recently just put out that seven disc uh, album and has another one in the works and he's worked with uh, Charlie XCX and I feel like you can see some of that uh, you can definitely notice that he's involved in this production it made a lot of sense when I found out that he was the one who produced this so let's take a listen to Yonzi featuring Robin with Swill
song is a shock to the system with those sounds those big synth sounds that sound all weird and fucked up that seems like a staple of ag cook he's worked with like charlie xcx and she did a lot of that chip tune uh and brought in that group 100 gex and uh ag cook does some of it on his album as well that just those like really big bright synths to the point where it's almost like too much at the end there and i love it so much the sort of abrasive industrial sound of those synths blended with yonzi's anthemic like beautiful swelling building sound that he does so well uh i i love it so much and then just as a bonus you have robin on there lending her amazing vocals Yonzi actually recently released a new single with Liz Fraser from Cocteau Twins, who is which is another amazing band. So the the features on this album are just two top notch features, Robin and Liz Fraser. And when I listened to this new album, I I was surprised at the new places that Yonzi is going, the the insane sounds that he's able to create. And as always, he's just continues to innovate and make something that is unlike anything else that's out there. So that was Yonzi featuring Robin with Swill. That's from Shiver, which is out October 2nd via Crunk. You know, I, I keep saying Yonzi's an innovator. And here you go again with Crunk. It's like 
all you have to do is get crunk like little John and the East side boys used to talk about, you know, get drunk and high and then you're crunk. And so you just do that. And then this album just like appears to you. You don't know where it's coming from. You just start hearing it and then you experience it. It's really amazing. I don't know how he has this like telepathy, like mind hacking music technology, but if anyone has it, it's Yonzi, you know? So my next song comes from an artist who just released their debut album. This is Samia. She's an amazing artist who I played on the podcast a couple years ago with her single Lasting Friend. And I've been listening to this album nonstop since it came out last week. I had heard some of these singles and they were all amazing. She released about six songs and each one is different and cool, but still has her voice in it. This album delivers on the promise that Samia made with Lasting Friend. Uh, everything I would have expected this artist to do and more, she's done it on this album. We're going to listen to the song Triptych, which I learned is a three-panel painting. And uh, Samia says, I wrote Triptych sobbing in a green room in Denver. I just read the story of Francis Bacon and his lover muse, George Dyer, whose chaotic lifestyle served as Bacon's artistic inspiration. George Dyer overdosed in the bathroom of a hotel paid for by Bacon, who famously painted a triptych of his lover's final moments. I had just been through a pretty tough breakup, and I felt I might be purposely getting myself into dicey situations to justify my big feelings and write about them. Triptych was a pretty blatant cry for help and an opportunity to confess my fear of being misunderstood. So let's take a listen to Samia with Triptych.
Breathing an excuse, breathing loose through my new nose. I will buy a round on your dime like I used to. Feeding you my cake, you my cake, eating it too. That song is amazing. Building beautiful, just that screechy, hard electric guitar. I love it. And I like to think of that song as a triptych itself. And I'm wondering if that's what she intended with it because it starts sort of minimal with just the guitar strumming. And then once the drums kick in, the instrumentals just build from there until that sort of climax. And then it drops off immediately back to the minimal part. And I love that ending so beautiful. And so it's almost like there's the three parts of the triptych. And I almost was, I don't again, I'm not sure if this is what she's intending, but I was viewing it as like past, present, future. Cause like she's saying, like, um, ask me about the life that I led then. Seems almost like thinking about the past from this sort of uh, like nostalgic analyzing of your actions and like she's saying like her fear of being misunderstood maybe but the baby is my favorite album of the year currently i don't know what's good beat it at this point but i've been listening to it non-stop and that is my favorite song i just love it so much it's so beautifully done so that was samia with triptych from the baby and that is out now on grand jury music all right i saved a really special one for the last song This song comes from an artist who's been making music for over 15 years now, put out so many amazing albums. I'm talking about Georgia Ann Muldrow. Uh, We've played her on the podcast previously, both solo and uh, as part of her G&D project with her husband Dudley, aka Declaim. But this new album she put out is really amazing, and it's uh, a project that she calls Jyoti which it's that name goes beyond just a musical project it's something really precious to her it's a name given to her by alice coltrane who is a legendary jazz musician as well as a spiritual guru for georgia and a lot of people in her family and so she took that name that was given to her and applied it to this project and I recently did an interview with georgia and i think it was my favorite interview i've ever done with an artist i thought we would only get to talk for 20 minutes and so i was sort of preparing to have to stretch a little bit and then we talked for over an hour she shared so many amazing stories and insights and we just talked about it all the album is called mama you can bet and i found it really sweet that georgia was sort of dedicating this album to her mother and it was inspired by her mother and and it's driven largely by the piano which she called the instrument of her mother it was really interesting hearing her talking about her mother and how they experience music in very different ways but then they sort of use that same intuition and uh same problem solving to make music this album is dedicated to her mother and it's sort of this beautiful link to the past and to the generations who preceded us and i want to play a clip of georgia talking about the women that she 
dedicated this album to. And it's for all, it's for all ladies of her generation, all the baby boomer ladies um, that that find themselves in an interesting space where they haven't been reciprocated the kind of love they deserve. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's just a call to 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 celebrate them. You know, because if it wasn't for them, I definitely would not be like, you know, I'd be wearing an afro for the first time, you know, yeah. like these, these, these sisters, these women, our mothers, you know, gave us the aesthetic, you know, that, that we're still, we're still trying to wrap our heads around, you know, mm-hmm. but they, they put it down, man, Boy, they afros, like, what it meant to wear afro in the time that they did it? It was, it was a radical thing. You could get arrested. You know? Wow. So it's just like, it's, it's just, there's certain things, just the, the way that they did it and the way that they just was not going to conform to nobody's plan and that something needed to change and the change that they was able to affect at that time with no uh, cellular phone. You know, mm-hmm. has, you know, that I'm celebrating the women. You know? So beautiful and so true. It's really powerful hearing Georgia say those things. And we're going to listen to the song Orgone. And the idea behind that title is uh, an interesting double entendre. It's something that helps to dampen low frequencies that come from electronics. So like in sound and music production. But she adds, this song can be a device for the extra low frequencies that occur in people in places namely in the African diaspora. The second part of the double entendre is Oregon meeting repatriated back to the source of origin, gone from here. And the song is another poem, and it's my way of being able to get my feelings out. I just closed my eyes and played the piano, and then I wrote it, and then I orchestrated it, and then at the end, I sang the blues on it. Watchings, just as we see. 
It's really powerful when she talks about how she dreams of living in Africa and how she's dealing with that trauma that's been passed down for generations and feeling like she now wants to go back to her home and be free. This is an incredible album, and if you want to hear more, please go to offshelf.net and read my uh, interview with Georgia. She really had so many amazing things that she shared with me, and she talks about the album a lot more in depth, so please go check it out. That was Georgia Ann Muldrow as Gioti with Orgone from Mama You Can Bet, and that is out now on E1 Music slash Some Other Ship Connect. I'm a lonely son of three daddies. First off, we're a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. Just go over to planetantpodcast.com and check out the Planet Ant Theater YouTube. They always got great content coming out there. Uh, and head over to offshelf.net. You know what you should check out when you're there? My interview with George Ann Muldrow. So that's going to do it for me this week, folks. Hope you enjoyed these songs. And should be back soon with another awesome playlist for you. As always, I'm Luke LeBen saying... You better check your perspec. This best song ever. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.